0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Travelmation Podcast, episode 42 today. We are so excited to be back with you all. We are doing another beginner's guide today, wrapping up that series. We've got Epcot today, and then we've got Magic Kingdom next week. So stay tuned for all the things Travel, Disney, and more as we walk you guys through the pro tips of each of the Disney theme parks. Maybe we do Disneyland, who knows? So today we've got some news from around the world. We've got trivia with Tim, but before that, we're gonna hit you guys with some of the freshest content for your first and best trip to Epcot. Let's go!
1: Hey everyone, it's time for What's New Around the World. First up, the Harmonious Screen Tests continue on World Showcase Lagoon in Epcot. So if you don't know, the Harmonious Nighttime Spectacular will debut very soon in Epcot. Not soon enough, in my opinion, but they've been testing their screens. If you've seen the barges on the lagoon, um, which how can you miss them? They actually have screens on them. So <laughs> so they've been testing out the screens and we are just ready for a show to come back, a nighttime spectacular. We need it. We need it. Tim, what do you have for us this week?
2: I'm pretty sure the only way you would miss the Harmonious Barges is if you were completely blind. But in other news, um, I mean, this is exciting. Disneyland and Walt Disney World have been recalling multitudes of cast members the last week or so i know personally my um my wife's cousin madison was recalled um at the magic kingdom and so she's excited to have her job back and disneyland has recalled a few hundred positions in preparation for their april 30th opening so super exciting lots more cast members coming back to work which is always a great thing what you got austin
0: Well, you know, Tim, this is the uh, episode where we unpack Epcot. So maybe if you've been around the world a few times, if you know what I mean, you might not notice the barges. Um, My news is pretty exciting. I'm, I'm excited about this because for everyone that was excited about the Moana room refurbishments at the Polynesian Villas and Bungalows, there's a rumor and the room construction is already happening at Disney's Contemporary Resort. And it's rumored that this is going to be a slight Incredibles IP-themed room layout. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. I hope, I mean, I feel like the vibe, we've talked about this before, just would fit so perfectly with like the retro 70s vibe of the contemporary. Um, And just that subtle IP, I think would be amazing. So I'm excited to see with the unveiling what those scrims reveal. And that's what's new around the world. All right, we are back. It is Alston in the house. Hi, everybody. It's Christina.
2: Hey, guys. It's Tim. How's your uh, How's your week's been going?
0: Man, my week has been going great. Headed out to the Shenandoah Valley tomorrow. Something we've not talked about on the Travel Mission podcast <laughs> wow.
2: yet. Trip report coming up soon from Austin Causey. Look at that.
0: Hey, we <laughs> might. We haven't done a camping episode yet other than our <laughs> Fort Wilderness camping
2: right i I spent eight and a half hours on hold on um Tuesday, so that was lovely that's oh, true, yeah, yeah, good old adventures by Disney if you're looking to plan your twenty twenty two adventures by Disney trip, those itineraries are released, so contact your favorite travel travel agent and get rolling because they are going quick.
1: they are I know I know everybody was on hold with them this past week, not just you tim um i've that's crazy i just got back from disney yesterday it was a wonderful family trip with uh my parents my husband's parents um a friend of ours my husband's aunt we had a nice big group and a lot of fun
2: favorite memory go
1: Mm. i don't know i i I, I can't you can't do that to me (laughs) I didn't write notes on it. I, can't.
0: <laughs> I was proud of you for still doing the travel nation meetings while you were in the parks. I saw you walking around Epcot in the middle of a Zoom meeting. Oh, right. man.
1: My Epcot day was f- the first half was filled with work. And then I said, you know what? I'm putting the phone away. That's I'm good. here with people and I need to just be in the moment. That's um, good. But yeah. Favorite memory is anything, anything Elias related just because I love seeing Disney through his eyes. Yeah. I so I would assume I guess it's just Minnie and Mickey's runaway railway because oh, that's so he fun. loves that ride.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um,
1: so I guess that was my my favorite memory.
0: We need to do a Disney through the eyes of your kids episode. That would be so fun because totally. it is so different, right? Like as soon as you have kids, people always ask like the golden question, when how old should you bring your kids to Disney for the first time? And I would always say 0. Because yeah. when they are zero, they look at Disney a different way than when they're one, than when they're two, than when they're three. And it's a different experience every time. And so, yeah, you might think, oh, typical travel agent answer. Send me there every year. <laughs> but it's it's for real. You experience it in a different way. Really, the first three years are for you, right? Like you bring your kids to the park. They're going to have fun. But it's really so you can watch them having fun. And you live with oh, yeah. them. And it's awesome. Yeah. So. Good for you friend. Thank you. Well I know that was not your first visit to Epcot. Today we're talking we're continuing our beginner's guide series and today we're doing Epcot and honestly it's one of my favorite parks so I feel like this is if you have this if this is your first trip to Walt Disney World and this is part of your itinerary congratulations that was a great decision. I feel like Most of the time when I'm doing a three-day base ticket, this is the one that falls off of the four days, right? Is that true for you guys too? Yep.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Absolutely. But I don't know. I mean, there's something about Epcot that I would choose it over some of the parks on a three-day trip most times, just because if you're going there for food, if you're going there um, for the adult drinks, if you're going there just to experience culture, There's something unique about it that you cannot find, not only in another Disney park, but honestly, I've not seen it anywhere like this in a theme park around the world. It's true. Oh,
1: definitely true. And, you know, everyone says that the castle in Magic Kingdom feels like home, but I think for me and my family, Epcot feels like home. Yeah. So like we do a big food and wine trip with like 25, 30 people every year. So to us, I don't know. Epcot is just definitely the the home park for us for sure. It's my favorite. It's where I feel most comfortable. It's like, we know what we're doing every time we go, you know, obviously just going around the world, <laughs> but right, right. it's, it's just no question. It's so fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I mean, I, That's why when everybody's like, hey, what's your favorite Disney park? I'm always like, Epcot's always in the equation. And when I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about it, it's World Showcase, right? Like that's just just the place I love to be, especially when fireworks are back. Yep. So let's dive in. What are we going to start with?
0: Well, I feel like we've got a good formula here. Basically, yep. what we've done in the last two episodes, we've said, hey, what are you going to do first? As soon as you get in the park, what would you recommend somebody go to first? It's a very popular question amongst first timers. Then we've got our top five must do's, more or less attractions, but sometimes Tim will throw in a restaurant or a Starbucks. Most then we, times, <laughs> yes. Then we've Correct. got dining and then we round it down with pro tips. So there you go. We'll start things off. What is the first stop when you are, or not you, but when you are recommending for the first timer in Epcot? Where would you send them first?
1: I mean, honestly, the must do for me in Epcot is just World Showcase as a whole. It's something that you said, Olsen is unique to not just Disney, but to any theme park in the world. I mean, where can you have some an authentic margarita or where can you have an authentic Christmas pickle? Like you know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> I mean there's just Is so that much- the
2: cousin to the Christmas tingles, the Christmas <laughs> pickle? <laughs> yeah. like that. We found um, cousin.
1: But that, you know, that in and of itself, the the Christmas pickle story is like only true Disney fans know that. So, Christina,
2: where would someone find a Christmas pickle in, in World Ger- Showcase
1: in Germany? So, Perfect. the story is in Germany. Obviously, very Christmas obviously. heavy over there. Obviously, very Christmas, <laughs> Christmas heavy pickle, over there. Obviously. <laughs> and the story is um, Germans apparently have this tradition during Christmas where they hide a a pickle in the in their Christmas tree um and whoever finds it gets an extra present and that's wow. just something that you wouldn't know if you are joe Schmo walking down the street but if you're a disney fan and an epcot you know you go to visit epcot that's something that you will learn
2: fun fact we have a christmas pickle from germany we put there in our tree every go. year and cole exactly. finds it every year
0: <laughs> he's training he's so. for it he's so i know good. yeah he's ready to go so I would say the only caveat I would say to your answer, Christina, is sometimes, and I feel like this happened more pre-COVID, I don't know if this will come back, but sometimes Future World would open before World Showcase. So just be careful. Don't go there first if it doesn't open until 11 and Future World opens at 9. If you're listening to this post-pandemic and you're like, what do you mean go to World Showcase first? Should I go there two hours early? No. Do Future (laughs) World first. But then you can pop over to World Showcase. Yeah, Yeah, I thought about It's so funny, Austin, when she was
2: saying that, I feel like there's like pre-COVID Epcot and then like COVID Epcot. Because most other parks, like even though the hours have shifted and whatever, like, and Disney's been extending hours lately. Like Mm -hmm. when we were there spring break, it was so refreshing because with park hopping, you could do the like, Early parks a take a break. Days. Late parks, which is like my ideal day. Yeah. Um. But you're right. Pre-COVID, you know, Future World would open at 9 a.m. or sometimes 8 a.m. if they had extra Magic mm-hmm. hours, and so you could have two to three hours where you would do all of Future World, and then World Showcase would open. But now it's always 11 a.m., and mm-hmm. so it's just it's a little different. But I think I think if I were answering pre-COVID. I would definitely suggest to rope drop test track, mm-hmm. just because since they've added the third theater at Soren, I don't I don't ever feel like I see that one get like crazy. It's not ever. A lot of times it's not over an hour. Like a lot of times the highway it's like forty to fifty minutes or whatever. Sure. But even if that red says fifteen, like it's a true fifteen. Like mm-hmm. there's never like a walk on to Soren. <laughs> right? Just because you have like the queue and then the pre-show, you know, whatever, but test track can get crazy. Yeah. So like I would suggest, you know, I think that's my first like, Hey, if test track is a priority, go ahead and rope drop it, get there because it's like the, it's like the flight of passage thing, right? You don't want to be standing in that line, which yep. is out, especially now with the social distancing, yep. a lot of it is outdoors. You don't want to be out there at two thirty in the afternoon.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I that think my true. answer would probably be Test Track. That's good. My logic is the same, except I apply it to Frozen Ever After. Mm. Because mm-hmm. even pre-COVID, even when World Showcase would open at 11, sometimes Frozen would open with Future World. 100%. And so that was kind of the, the sneaky thing that you could do is you could... Totally. knock out frozen and then kind of backtrack because it is a hike to get there from the main entrance so you're kind of committing to a, a good long speed walk but if you yep. can outlast you know joe Schmo and his family then you're gonna get oh, to frozen totally. first and then throw
2: all the kids in the stroller and you're just <laughs> yeah. hustling
0: yeah so get that power my walk. favorite
2: my one of my favorite memories ever and so like we're talking 101, so we're assuming right. Like the people listening to this episode are driving down right now. We've never been to Epcot. What do we do? But yep. all of the the OGs out there, they remember when Anna and Elsa were in Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like initially, Anna oh, yeah. and Elsa were in the Fairy Tale Hall, Magic yep. Kingdom, and then they moved them. Yeah. When they opened up the Frozen ride and they moved them, I remember. We were not, you know, we had boys. I don't, I don't think Lorelai. I don't even think she was old enough to care at this point. But we were there, and it was right when that opened. And I remember watching a dad when rope drop, when they dropped the rope, literally ran out of his flip flops and just kept running to get in line to meet Anna and Elsa at Epcot because like, it was just leave
0: him. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. He would, he would have knocked anybody over. But, you know.
0: Well, it's so true. You're right. Those were four-hour I mean, waits back then.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, I yeah. Mean,
2: depending on your the age of your kids or what your priorities are, Test Track or Frozen is probably like a, hey, yep. let's go ahead and get that knocked out of the way and then we'll go get in line for margaritas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, as a reward. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, I feel like that's a good variety of first stops. Um, I will say just, you know, because it's, the the 101 of Epcot. The one unique thing about Epcot is that it has two entrances. Mm. And so if you're hap- if you happen to be staying on property at Beach Club, Yacht Club, somewhere in the boardwalk area, don't miss that you can actually go into Epcot through the back entrance that goes right into World Showcase. Because if you don't know that and you miss that on your first time, we would be the worst podcast hosts ever because it is the one theme park and it's right by the new Skyliner station, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, even if you're at Pop Century or Art of Animation or Caribbean Beach, you can get in that back entrance too.
2: So I was yeah. asking right before I came in my office to record with you guys, I asked Mal, I was like, hey, what's your number one you know, tip? And she was like, well, you'd know if you looked at your Instagram because I already replied. But <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, that was her tip was like, hey, if you love Epcot or like you're wanting to experience it, stay at one of those deluxe properties that's within walking distance or even Riviera or pop century or whatever on the Skyliner. Like it's so True. convenient now with the new Skyliner station, but I would also like to throw in, I feel like now more than ever, the park hopper option is so worth it. Yeah. When we're talking, I was thinking about this today when you're talking about park pass reservations, like, there's so many days where maybe only Animal Kingdom's available or only Epcot or Magic Kingdom in Hollywood may not be. But, like, I've always told clients, if you're staying in that Epcot resort area, having the park copper, I mean, just to be able to go to Epcot for dinner at night, like, maybe you're not even doing a full day at Epcot and every day you're going to start at Magic Kingdom or you're going to start at Animal Kingdom, but being able to go back to a resort to do pool time and then hop in and go into that back entrance and have dinner and World Showcase is just, I mean, 100% worth it. Yeah. I completely I totally agree. agree. Yeah. Couldn't have said so. it better.
0: Good job, Mal. Proud of you. That's right. <laughs> Shout out. All right. Top five must-dos. These can be attractions. These can be Mexico. Whatever you're going to say for your top fives. Tim, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, yeah. Okay. My man. So I got a little pushback this week from uh,
2: one of our listeners and one of my clients, Susan Wilson. She couldn't believe that I ranked Nomad Lounge behind <laughs> Navi River Journey on our Animal Kingdoms. Which, touche, I, I agree. But, you know, I was just trying to wait till the last one to, to do a non-attraction. But- the
0: comedic timing was on point.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go in strong on number one. And my number one in Epcot is absolutely Cava de Tequila. Yeah. Right. Like we're gonna go in hard. We're gonna go hard in the paint here. So so number one attraction, Cava de Tequila. Number two attraction, we're gonna go with Test Track. I love Test Track. Number three attraction, Sorin. Number four attraction, Figment. And coming in number five for me is going to be Spaceship Earth. So there's my five. What you guys got?
0: That's good. That's a good five. Oh, so good.
2: Yeah, it
1: is. I
0: love Kava. I didn't really know about Kava until we started doing Disney with you guys. Right. But- it is such a <laughs> hidden gem. So you have it to really go is. into Mexico. I'll, I'll let you walk us through it because you, you have them on a first name basis. So unpack Cava a little bit more For since sure. that's your number one. Okay. Well, pre-COVID,
2: without lines and social distancing, you just walk into the pyramid in Mexico. You'll find it. Go in, go down the stairs, and then to the right is a small little tequila bar that literally is the essence of Mexico like it is yep. what you would find and it's just it's so great the cast are fantastic there say hello to hilda say hello to pepe they're all fantastic <laughs> but right now like i feel like they change the entry lines to the pyramid about weekly like depending yep. so just ask <laughs> where do yeah. i go to go into the to te- the tequila bar you know what i mean like who knows um but but yeah it's awesome. And I feel bad because I didn't mention the three Caballeros ride in my top five. And that should probably be yeah. in my top five. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. You Don't know, star Donald. Listen, you say there's not a lot That's of rides okay. in Mexico, but I'm having a tough time going to top five. So, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I'm going to go with mine. I I agree with you, Tim. Number one oh, is. Oh, wow. The Cavas, I mean. It's amazing. And then I'll go for a ride. We'll do Soren, Test Track, Frozen. And number five, I, mm, I, you know, I always have trouble with a number five. I think number five should be a festival. Oh, that's, that's what festival. I was going to say for
0: number wow. one. No, oh. <laughs>
1: Wow. Would... If you're going must do, I mean, and it's not difficult to go to Epcot on a festival day. This year right. at least. Um but it is an Epcot must totally. do. And it probably should be higher on the list. But I was thinking attraction at That's the okay. time when I That's did. okay. It's a
0: good segue for me because I made great. it my number Perfect. one is if you are going to Epcot for the first time, look at the calendar and check if you're going to be there during a festival. All right. Because Austin. it's not something you would expect.
2: Austin, I put this on our on our notes, but We're going to pause at your number one. For the first time, Epcot traveler, walk us through the festival season for Epcot.
0: Well, we did an entire episode on this. I'm not sure of the number, but if you want to go back and listen to it and you want to deep dive more about the festivals, go check out that episode and for the Festival of the Gaps, which is every day (laughs) in the year that there's not a festival. Which is like, what, seven days, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Aptly named by the Travelmation podcast. Yeah. But here's, here's the science. <laughs> so basically, Disney is not dumb. They place big events in low seasons. Before COVID, marathons and half marathons were always in the lowest weeks of the year. And so somebody in marketing got together and they said, how can we get people to Epcot more often? And they said, I know what we'll do. We'll throw festivals highlighting different things about culture In those low seasons. And so it used to just be a couple times a year. You'd have food and wine festival in the fall. You'd have festival of the holidays during the Christmas season. And then all of a sudden you started getting festival of the arts. You had flower and garden festival. Um, Am I missing any? I feel like those are the main ones, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You got festival of the holidays? Yep. 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 So- pretty much those four festivals dominated the calendar, but then all of a sudden people loved them. And so they just started expanding and expanding to the point where uh food and wine festival, which is typically the longest one is now like three months. I want to say, or not, if not more.
1: No longer. It, it, this year it's going from July 15th, I believe like, to basically the weekend before Thanksgiving.
0: That's crazy, which is awesome, though, because you want to be there during the festival. So essentially what this is the bottom line for festivals. Basically, they bring out extra um, food booths are what they're called. So they have these like little tiny pop-up countries or kiosk stations. They're more permanent than like a mall kiosk. Um, It's kind of hard to describe, but they're there. And normally they're serving like appetizer
1: Outdoor kitchen is what they're called.
0: (laughs) From the restaurant guru. Um, And they have different food sampling. So if you're going to Epcot for the food and beverage festival season, whichever one is the best time to go, because then you can really sample things from around the world, literally and figuratively as you enjoy your day at Epcot. Um, Along with that, sometimes they have better concerts and events, you know, uh Hansen is always there for Food and Wine Festival which we are all big fans mm-hmm. of. Um so yeah, it's not your A-list bands. Boys to Men. Boys to Men. <laughs> I
1: love Boys to Men. Kebo
0: Bryson, you love know. I love
1: when they Oh, the classics. Um I looked it up, it was our 22nd episode which aired last year 2020 um November 30th. Perfect. So if you want to go back and listen to our our dedicated episode to just Epcot festivals, then that's, that's the one to listen to. But I love the festivals. I mean, how can you not? Extra food, extra drink, extra culture.
0: Well, and some of them, they have there's, really cool experiences. Like, I know at Food and Wine Festival, there's typically, like, a sommelier that'll walk you through different wine pairings or a cheese tasting. So, like, really unique events that you can't get anywhere else. So... I would say if it is your first time headed down to Epcot, check your calendar and check Disney's calendar to make sure you're not there during a festival.
2: So what's interesting to me, like I'm a nerd and I like history and all the things. So I love Lentesta's podcast and they, him and Jim Hill unpack a lot of the history of the parks and whatnot. And it's very interesting. I would have to go back and find their episode, but they talked about kind of the the history behind the food booths at Epcot were initially a response to not having enough dining Mm. to accommodate the guests that were at the park. (laughs) And so if you think about it now, especially with electric umbrella being completely demolished, Mm. um, not all the World Showcase restaurants open – the fact that they've extended food and wine from (laughs) mid-July all the way to the end of November. Like, basically, they're using the food booths as... It's not just like a, you know, oh, this is a nice extra thing. Like, they literally, from a park operation thing, count on the food booths of all the festivals for providing food for all the park guests. That's smart. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So... Hey,
0: I love it. I I love to snack around the world. Me too. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm famous for saying don't make dining reservations in Epcot because it's so much fun to just eat around the world. Unless you have toddlers, then plan for snacks. Bring your own snacks for your kids and feed them. Absolutely. Because they don't understand... What, what do you mean I only get a bite of chicken from this booth? Where's my right. where's my lunch? And uh yeah, they, don't they don't really wait. want mushrooms and yeah. So, so bring snacks for your kids if you're there during a festival. All right. Uh totally. number 2 for me is living with the land, which is never oh, living <laughs> with the land. Gosh.
1: Whoops. Whoops. I
2: totally
0: forgot. This isn't so good. So this if you if you actually take me for my word and you try living with the land, you're either gonna fall in one of two camps. You're gonna be like, What was that podcast host thinking? I will never listen to this show again. <laughs> yeah. Or you, know, you will so say, good. Wow, that was an experience I will never have anywhere else. Because where right. can you ride? So imagine this. It's a boat ride, kind of like Small World. I'm assuming you've been on Small World at this point on your 101 journey. Um it's a boat ride, you're through the water, and then all of a sudden you are in the middle of Disney's greenhouses where they're growing plants from all over the world. And I don't know why I love this so much, but I will consistently say it is one of my favorite attractions. The smells on that ride, especially yes. when you're in the <clears throat> rainforest section and the like f- fake alligators are there. Um, you get to see like where do you get to see how bananas are grown or how, what coffee looks like when it's on a plant. I love living with the land, and it really does remind me of like what Walt wanted Epcot to be totally fun yes, education. Definitely. And so it really does embody that for me. Every everybody I ride it, they, like I said, they been one of those two camps. Well, Austin, what would you do if they
2: got rid of living with the land?
0: Here's the thing, Tim. I've thought about this. I've thought about this a okay. lot because every time I okay, ride it, I'm, I'm thinking they're pretty- Could be the last time. <laughs> well, definitely that. <laughs> and if you're there during the Christmas season, it's extra decorated and gorgeous. Oh, I love all that. Um, yeah, me too. I think they're pretty heavily invested in living with the land being there because totally. of how it's built around Garden Grill. So if you're looking for, maybe we'll talk about this in dining, but Garden Grill is one of the restaurants in Epcot- and they serve a lot of the vegetables and fruits that are grown in those greenhouses with Living with the Land. So I'm like, not only is this an attraction, it is an active garden where they are growing food and oh, it's awesome. I love Living with the Land. So I don't think it's going to go away. I think they'll just keep plussing it, it through the years. I, yeah, I agree it's with
1: you. Nice, it's nice knowing that even in a theme park, they're not, they're not just thinking about chicken nuggets and French fries and that normal theme park food. They are growing their own lettuce and herbs and all, all the vegetables and all the produce and they're putting it into the restaurants. Who else does that? It's so amazing. Talk about just a side
2: note. We're going to hear about this is a, this is a complete like side note, but if you've watched any of the Disney plus shows that go behind the Mm -hmm. scenes at the parks, they do the one where they, they're talking about like the animals at animal kingdom but they also talk about the animals at Epcot in the Seas pavilion and they do this whole thing where they had to like take one of the whales out of the out of the water and do surgery and like transport it like i mean just like you said like Austin, i mean the veterinarians the doctors the farmers everything that they employ like it's not just like a theme yeah. park you know what i mean and that's what i love about Epcot yeah
0: and I don't even know. I, I know that they're doing a lot of science back there. You see some laboratories totally. you're going. So I know they're learning things about plant growth and all these things, but it is such a unique attraction. And so don't write it off. I mean, a lot, the great news is a lot of times it's a five, 10 minute wait, oh, but yeah, it's a, for a sure. solid 10 minute attraction where you're on a slow moving boat ride. It's awesome. So that's number two for me. It's not usually on people's lists. Number three, Test Track, just because it's also so fun. Um, Sneak peek, Radiator Springs Racers is a lot like Mm. Test Track. Just a shout out, I'm in a Disneyland mood. Um, Mm -hmm. Soren would be number four. And then I really do like Frozen. So Frozen would be number five, Frozen Ever After. So all of those, I mean, that's a solid day at Epcot.
2: I feel like with Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom, our top five lists were very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty, pretty different here. I like that. Lots of yeah. options. Well, that's
0: a, you can you can do EPCOT so many different ways, and and I love a lot of the rides that you guys mentioned. I love Spaceship Earth, but yeah, it was hard to choose five. So those are my top five.
1: I would I would love to add instead of a top five, this is going to be like a negative one hundred. It's Mission Space. Mm. Negative one hundred. That's true. We
2: always love when we we always love traveling with other friends that will ride Mission Space with our boys because me and Mal are both out on that.
0: So, Christina, walk us through why you said that because if you are a one hundred one beginners guide in Epcot and you Mm -hmm. are tricked into riding that and you weren't warned ahead of time, help help them understand.
1: All right, so you are going to walk into this queue and you are going you are going to have a choice of orange or green. Now, if you are feeling adventurous you're going to go with the orange and then when you go with the orange you're going to go into this spaceship (laughs) and you are going to fly to space and you are literally like i mean it's pretty tight quarters in there and then when you fly into space it's gravitron Mm -hmm. sort of technology where you are being spun very quickly And then you, you know, do a few cool things in space, but I can barely pay attention because I'm hyperventilating (laughs) at that point. Um, That is the one ride in Walt Disney World that I just, I don't know, I think it was like 27 years old and I just one day couldn't do it anymore. Just couldn't do it. My my brain couldn't accept that type (laughs) of motion at all. No, so. <laughs> but if you do the green, you don't spin like that. It's just more of like a claustrophobia thing. Yeah, to
0: totally. If you're doing too. the green, you're pretty much just wasting your time. But the yeah. orange, if you do want to feel what it feels like to be launched into space, this is the same machine I'm told that they train astronauts on. So the same centripetal force kind of G thing, you know, all that spinning technology, you do feel like you are being launched into space. I have done it once. And the reason I tell everyone about it is because if you do want to try it, try it at the end of your day, not the beginning, because you can literally lose an entire park day because you feel nauseous after that ride. Totally. So yeah, it's not that you shouldn't try it. It's a really unique experience. But don't start on it, and definitely don't start on it after you've eaten around the world, yeah, maybe not after that.
1: I think that's what what messed me up is I had a couple drinks, knowing you yeah, and then and then <laughs> I went to do it, went back to future world, I did it, and I said, "Oh, that felt different <laughs> this time, and ever since then, I was never able to do it again,
0: yeah. So uh, you've been warned now. All right. Let's talk about best Epcot dining. I know we've hit a lot of it oh with gosh. festivals, so we don't need to deep dive this. But any spots that you guys haven't touched on yet?
1: Um. Yes, I think we did our dining episode a couple or our fine dining episode a couple weeks ago and we mentioned some really nice Epcot spots so I'm not going to mention any of those but I do want to give a shout out to Coral Reef restaurant while it may not be Michelin star food or you know it's it is good decent food but what you go there for is the atmosphere which you are um you're in the aquariums basically you're you have windows of more than two thousand sea creatures right next to your table so you get to see a shark go by or scuba divers go by um and it's really beautiful if you've ever seen that full house episode where they go to um where they go to walt disney world they actually do film in in that that restaurant, so you can kind of see what it looks like, which I always think that's about.
0: That's so cool. But I've actually never I, eaten there.
1: I think it's it's good. I mean, it's good. Like I said, it's not like Michelin star. It's definitely not one of the ones that you would go to for for the food. You would go there more for the experience. So it's not like
0: Garden Grill, where they're like that's where they get the fish that they serve you for your dinner. <laughs>
1: No, the no. salmon <laughs> no. is is not from <laughs> from the aquarium that you're sitting Definitely next to. not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but it is fresh food. It's real it, it is good seafood. Um but really what you go there for is the view and it's and it, I always feel like it's kind of quiet in there which I like. I think people are just in awe of their surroundings. So I wanted to give that restaurant a shout out because it is it's very good. nice
2: totally i've got two favorites i'm gonna go with Via Napoli, yep. which we've talked mm-hmm. about before um if you're if you love pizza you have to try Via Napoli. it's in italy um they have wood-fired ovens and they ship the ingredients in from italy and it's just it's fantastic pizza we love it um and then my other favorite maybe not necessarily the food is the best mexican food i've ever had but the San Angel Inn mm-hmm. which is the the table service Mexican restaurant inside of the Mexico pyramid like it, if you've ever been to Disneyland it gives you the similar vibes of the blue bayou yeah. where you can see pirates of the caribbean yes. going by but while you're eating you can see the boats from three caballeros going and you're looking inside of the pyramid and you see all the the great ambiance the food is really fantastic so definitely those are probably my two favorite Table service restaurants. Oh, we sure. spent a
0: week there one night, didn't we? <laughs>
2: oh, didn't we?
0: <laughs> what would you guys say if you didn't have reservations though, anywhere that you would recommend for these newbies?
1: If you didn't have reservations, where would yeah. we go?
0: Where would you eat? Hmm. Just around the world? Um,
1: I love the quick the quicks well, yeah, really, just around the world, but I do love the quick service um at Mexico. Yep. I can't think of it. Is that
0: hacienda what is de, de San Angel?
1: No, it's another one. It's yeah. It's the one on the other side.
2: No, it's right. Is yeah. it? Yeah, he's correct. Yeah, because it's La Hacienda is the sit-down part, but then they have they have the oh, Hacienda, okay. which is the quick service. Yeah, that's a really great option. Honestly, Perfect. like, the fish and chips are really popular in the UK. Like, mm-hmm. if that's your... Oh,
1: yeah, I just have that. If
2: that's your thing. But I would just say if the festival's going, like, that's what you should do. Honestly, the... um. The margarita stand that's outside of Mexico, Chosa de Margarita. Yeah. They have a great Mm -hmm. guacamole. Yeah, they do. And I think it has like pumpkin seeds and some stuff on it. Like that's really fantastic. Yeah. So that's a good option. I would probably just go with food booths and kind of make your way around World Showcase. And you'll find lots of great food. I mean, really.
1: For sure. Regal Eagle in America then the American pavilion is good quick service and oh i'm blanking on the name um the the halls in france that one's delicious mm-hmm. too yep oh yeah um the patisserie halls but
2: yeah
0: i is think that that's what it's it called? yeah yeah
1: i can i'm not great with names sorry guys no that's okay
0: <laughs> she's doing great here you guys you guys pretty much nailed the quick service spots i would say epcot is king and queen of quick service desserts so if you're looking for like a sweet treat there are so many good options the ones so many off the top of my head um the macaron ice cream sandwich in france Mm. so good Mm -hmm. that is like constantly ranked as the top 10 sweet treats in all of disney world um the maple popcorn in canada Another great, tr- oh, another great goodness, treat. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, the Werther's shop in Germany for all things caramel or caramel, however you choose to say that. I thought that was medicine. What, a- Austin,
2: you forgot my favorite dessert. Cava? The, the margarita. The margarita <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I was so close. I said cava. Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> just a different That's one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, just pick another one. Just the different margarita. The avocado margarita. <laughs> yeah. No. no, you're really right. There's so many great options. And honestly, like, it's another park that if you were spending, like, let's say you don't have a park hopper and you're spending the whole day mm-hmm. at Epcot. It really is one of those where you could, like, let's say you came in the main entrance at the front of the park. You did Future World and you kind of made your way to World Showcase. You could leave... At the International Gateway and go over to the beach club or the boardwalk, find some food there, even hop on the Skyliner and then come back in that entrance and continue your way around World Showcase. Like there's so many options.
1: So true. Definitely a great extension of Epcot is the boardwalk and all the options that are there, whether it's sit down dining or a pizza counter, you know, it's it's really or obviously, you know, truffle fries, oh, yeah. at Ellen That's Compass right. Oh, That's right. Gosh. That's where it's
0: at. Uh, <laughs> she ain't <laughs> <fine, laughs> lying, folks.
1: There's good options there, and it's a five minute walk from Epcot. Yep. Totally.
0: So, all right, no big let's deal. Let's round it down. Number one pro tip for Epcot, Christina. <laughs> let's start with you.
1: I think if you can get in at the international gateway, whether you're staying on the Skyliner or you're staying somewhere on the boardwalk beach yacht club, I think entering through the international gateway is the way to go. Um, Because to me, the biggest attraction at Epcot is world Mm -hmm. showcase. So that's where I want to be rather than on the future world side.
0: And here's the thing, guys, we're recording this in the very, very middle of the largest expansion and renovation of Epcot's history. So we could be doing this episode a year from now and be completely blown away by what they add totally. to that side. Who knows? Who's to say? But for today, Christian is right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Just today. Just today. <laughs> for today only. Um, my pro tip would be Just don't skip Epcot. Like, I literally had this conversation today with a client. They had a three-day park ticket, and they were like, hey, we don't know if our kids are going to like Epcot. I don't know why, but, like, everybody says that. And honestly, like, we have four kids, and they all love Epcot. Like, don't – there's so much educational aspects to Epcot. There's so much fun. There's so many great food items. Like, just – Do whatever you can to experience Epcot, even if it's a you have a three day park copper, like I said, and you end a day or two at Epcot.
1: For sure. And I think Disney definitely knows that Epcot may not be or at least World Showcase may not be a child's favorite place to be, whether, you know, eating or drinking around the world. So they've created these scavenger Mm -hmm. hunts that you can do as families throughout all of the park. but. That's something extra that like Disney, like I said, they, you know, their audience, they recognize that maybe World Showcase is not the most fun place for a toddler or a young child. But um, but they've at least rectified the situation a little bit by adding a scavenger hunter, yep. too. So I just wanted to add that. No,
0: that's actually funny, because that was my pro tip is people always write <laughs> off. No, Sorry. It's OK. People write off Epcot because they have kids. And one of the most engaging things you can do with your kids are those scavenger hunts. And it does depend on the festival. Like they change it around. Sometimes it's like, uh, I spy, can you find Remy in each country? But my five-year-old loves doing that. And you go around the world and you're trying to find him in each of the countries. Like that is a good time. So that is one of the best things you can do at Epcot. So pro tip, don't write it off. And we're so proud of you that you're making Epcot part of your experience. So hopefully this episode has prepared you and we hope you have an awesome time. We'll see you guys next week.
1: Bye everyone.
0: Bye guys.
2: Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Nation podcast. And now it's time for trivia with Tim. Last week's question was, how many animals are carved into the tree of life? Congratulations to Chris Wong with the correct answer of 325. And Chris actually answered on our Instagram, so feel free to DM us on Instagram with the answer as well. And now for this week's question and your chance to win some fun Travelmation swag. How many countries are there in the World Showcase at Epcot? To submit your answer, just head over to Travelmation.net slash Trivia or answer on Instagram and we will announce the winner and answer on next week's episode. See you real soon.